What's going on? It's time for another episode of Too Hard for the Radio, transmitting from the future free state of Greater Idaho. I am the one-armed madman, and with me today we got Daniel Steele back in the house. What's up, dude? You been? Thanks for having me back. Oh, of course, man. I love talking with you. A lot has changed since last time I saw you. I know, right? I do want to do one podcast with my other one-armed friend. We can call it. three guys four arms or something like that that'd be great i was actually yeah. talking with my buddy the other day he's just buying a new dirt bike for the first time and i was talking about like i want to get a new bike and this is what i'd like to get but you know i'd have to pay an arm and a leg for it and i don't think i can ride with one leg <laughs> <laughs> well that's great <laughs> so how's it been going man i i hear you you said you got a, a little dog making your life miserable <laughs> yeah so we got a havanese um and the breeder uh like when we went and picked him up she's like when we walk in he won't stop screaming until we pick him up isn't that cute they showed us how they train separation anxiety into him and the dogs generally come with a little bit of separation anxiety as it is but like we i can't go to the bathroom without this dog yelling so it's been like a month of hell basically um but he's a havanese have you heard of them no no all right so havanese are the only dogs named to cuba I think they come from like the Bashan family and then they started uh, breeding them and they made them specific to Cuba and they're like little clown entertainers and they were meant mainly for royalty and rich people. So when the communists came, they had to make it a level playing field for everybody. Oh, so course. they just started killing all the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> because, communism. communism. It's a beautiful yeah. thing. <laughs> so like uh, the people that escaped pulled some out and then one dude went and grabbed like 20 of them and pulled them out so it's like this super clean bloodline of these little clowns that are they're they're super sweet like this dog is great he's 12 weeks old now he's potty trained like he has a lot of good things going but if you leave the room he fucking screams oh my god so that's funny so like i've got a jack russell terrier and he makes my life like great and miserable all at once and so when he was a little puppy he would like hang out on my chair and i was married when i got him and like I, I had just gotten hurt, so I was just in the chair for most of the day. And he yeah. just lay, and he's this tiny little thing. He's a Jack Russell, so he's like a couple pounds. And my wife would like, ex-wife, would bring me over like dinner to the chair. And he would start like growling at her. And it was like wagging his tail. And we're like, oh, that's funny. Like he doesn't want you to come near me, you know. And it was just a yeah. funny thing because it's a puppy. And then it right. just got out of control to the point where like, he, he attacks me if I go near his food. Like, I can't put his food anywhere in the house because I've got tenants. So, like, yeah. if they wouldn't go near his food, then he's going to attack them. So, right. it, it's just been a nightmare. And, you know, sucks to be a tenant because it, you're getting woke up at, at 3 o'clock in the morning and there ain't a goddamn thing I can do about it. You know, the interest you can think about, so I'm writing a sci-fi novel and one of the, so, like, my main character, one of his last straws with, like, the government is that there's a, a new disease that goes around, a new pandemic, but it only affects animals right now. So it's called cat scratch fever. So essentially oh, all your all your dogs and cats get this disease and we got to kill them because we can't make it, you know, jump over to human. And it's it's just oh, it so- sounds like Cuba. Exactly. Like it's so wild. Like that's just what you would do in communism. Yeah. Hey, yeah. we don't have enough money. So we just got to get, you know, I'm doing um like- uh. I'm suing disability because they fucking screwed me early on in my, in my, um, injury. 
And one of the yeah. the things that I had to like this questionnaires, they wanted to know how many pets I had and if I took care of them myself. So it's like, oh, you've got enough money to take care of a dog. What do you need us for? Yeah. Which is so sick. Three dollars a day worth of is it three bucks a day? No, it's Maybe. less than three Maybe. bucks a day worth of food. Yeah. Yeah, that's we actually we had somebody recommend this food from Italy for our other dog. He was eating quinoa and duck breast. Oh my god! <laughs> it was like 120 bucks a month for food, and we went in with a new puppy, and um, we were like, "Should we get this kind of food for our new dog?" And the lady's yeah. like, "No, you shouldn't use it for your current dog. Like that is ridiculous. You should." And she like uh, gave us basically cut our costs in half with it. But I was watching a podcast a while back and somebody was doing an ad for dog like gourmet dog food essentially and i'm like looking at it i'm like oh let's see how much that is and you go on and it's like 300 a month you're like wait a minute i don't know if i spend that much on my food <laughs> well I, I think it's the you know like the people that aren't have, having families right yeah so like, like me they're well i mean <laughs> yeah but like the, the people that are like i am the dog becomes their identity and then they like they start putting stuff on their dog because they don't have anywhere else to put that emotion or feeling. Um, I, I I sent you some of the new product. I don't know if your uh, roommate tried it or not. Yeah, yeah. Um, but my my buddy's wife, her dad's a vet, and she's like, I want to try like we want to try formulating for dogs. I'm like, I have no interest in formulating for dogs. And I'm like, why? And she's like, Well, money. Everybody thinks their dog has anxiety. So I went to my dad and I'm like, Hey, dad. Um, would this work for anxiety? And my dad was like, maybe one in 200 dogs have anxiety, yeah. but people put their own emotions on their dogs. So you'd sell the shit out of it and it would be beneficial for the dog anyway. So yeah, you should go ahead and move forward with it. Interesting. Yeah. I read an article about a study that was done. This was a few years ago, so I don't really remember it, it like to the word, but essentially they were able to pick your political affiliation based on what dog you have. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So like Republicans are going to have more of like German shepherds and a dog that's going to fucking kill you where like a, a liberal is going to be a more of a soft, fluffy dog. And then you get the libertarian who's going to have a dog like a Jack Russell, who's going to be independent and have their own way of doing things. I thought that was pretty interesting. And I'm guessing like labs and golden retrievers would go Republican because yeah. it's like fam. Well, lab uh, is a hunting dog. Exactly. So you have to have a gun for that. And golden retrievers, just like the family dog. Yeah. Yeah. Republicans and libertarians were more purposeful with their animals yeah. as, as opposed to, you know, the Democrat who's just doesn't really know what they're doing ever. <laughs> uh, I, I got like, so our, our first dog uh, that we got, uh, my wife and I got together, he is a pit bull. Wiener dog Chihuahua plus another hundred breeds mix. So he's like, he's like a long pit bull that's only thirty pounds cool. with one blue eye and half webbed feet. But we got him because uh, my my friend runs a dog rescue, and I was like, I just want a loving, sweet dog that's not going to be more than fifty pounds. Yeah. And like we waited six months, and she called me, and she's like, Hey, this dog got dropped off at the pound with Parvo. I've nursed him for six months. Like, this is the dog for you. And we got there. She had like 15 dogs come and greet us. And this dog just like stayed with me after all the other dogs pissed off. And like, he's our baby. And now we have this Havanese. I got him. Uh, I got a dog, a small dog specifically 
because when we leave our other dog who hates flying like um we got him service trained and shit but once you get in the air the service training goes out the window yeah yeah completely he's just like up in my lap shaking yeah yeah um so like when we travel without him we were like my wife and i had talking about our dog half the time i'm like well let's get a dog that can travel with us and then as as we get land we're gonna get probably a shepherd or a pyrenees I like always kind of protect it. I always feel bad that I like my dog's a purebred and I bought him in another state and had him flown to my house. And I always feel bad that I do that. But like we started getting Jack Russell's when I was a kid and I just love that breed of dog. And, and like, you know what you're going to get. Yeah. Like, sure. They have their own personality, but you know, like it's probably going to live this long. Yeah. Like these are the consistence. Yeah. I, I appreciate that about, you know, sticking staying loyal to a brand. Right? Yeah. It's tough, but like they're, you know, they're exactly like staying loyal to the, Loyal to the foil. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you know, it's tough because they're, they're tough dogs. It's not like an easy, like what you're dealing with right now. It's a hard, I got it. I remember we spent like $2,000 on a trainer to try and get him to stop doing this food thing. And the trainer comes over and she's like, okay, so what you're going to do is you're going to have a clicker in one hand and a bunch of treats in the other. And then you're going oh, you to do this. And I'm like, well, how am I supposed to do that? Like I got the one hand. And, you know, she's like, well, you can wear your prosthetic. And I'm like, you want me to wear my prosthetic all the time? And she essentially was just like, well, if you're not going to do the work, I'm not going to bother coming over anymore. And she just and like, she still kept your two grand. Yeah. Well, I ended up putting a bad res review about her on the internet and she called me up and asked me to take it down. And I was like, go fuck yourself. And I think I ended up getting like half the money back, but you know, so we, we did, uh, we dropped because our, our the the mixed breed his name's Dash like he was a great dog but he had the, like this devil inside of him and, and not not like mean but it's like if we wanted to come when he was out he would just be like fuck you I'm going yeah yeah and so we're gonna get training and my wife was friends with a girl who married a guy who's a dog trainer so we signed up with him and we dropped our dog off for two weeks and it was somebody else it wasn't the dude. And the dog came and it was just like you feed him when he does well and you have to hand feed him every time oh. and then you shock him when he's bad. Yeah. And it it didn't work for us. But then we ended up going to, a, um, I'll shout him out. It's called Lorenzo's Dog Training Team. They're all over the country. It was expensive, but I feel like the trainer trained us and not the dog. That's what they're supposed and, to do. Yeah. And the, there's like the correction collar, but like now our dog Dash walks at heel goes everywhere with us he's polite he sits down when we hit a door he just learned about squirrels since we moved to nashville so we're still working on that because he'll yeah, turn yeah. off after a squirrel yeah but he, he's he's a like there is good training out there and it, yeah it was so hard the little guy it was so hard for us because he wouldn't do any of the stuff around the trainer like he loves okay. people so like some new person would come over and he just wouldn't do any of it and we're like she's like oh he seems like he's fine and we're like showing him videos like look at he's attacking like i've got bite marks all over me like he will bite and he'll he'll yeah. the crazy thing is like he's got a screw loose so when he decides that like you're going after his food or you know whatever sets him off he will not yeah. stop like if you slap him he will attack you and fight you to the death so that, like you kind of just have to walk away which is so frustrating kind of that, for someone right? like me where yeah. i just want to like stop it you little fuck but it just doesn't help yeah. so it's it's Doesn't really made all. me a more patient person because yeah. it's like, you just kind of have to let it roll off and it sucks. It's like getting chewed out by your boss and, and just yeah. like taking it, which I was never good at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Th that's one thing like personally I've been working on, um, is uh, 
because like we like you and I, we we look deep into things, and I get like fucking worked up. And my buddy's like, you can't change that. What like, why don't you do something that you can change? So like, I've been working on my personal health. I've been working on learning how to grow, like understanding how to grow food. Yeah, which I never did. It's like, hard. There's such there's winter crops. I I have very happy winter crops right now. Yeah, and just like may, maybe I'll never need to rely on my own myself for food. Hopefully. But like I, I'm, that's something I can impact and change. Yeah. Um. So I, I've been focused more on shit like that. But I, I do want to talk about some uh, fun stuff with you too. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get into it. Uh, I know. So, dude, so much has happened since the last time we talked, and it, it was like just two months ago. And it's like the world yeah. is completely changed again. So, what do you want well, to get into first? James, you. Okay. Who's that? Do you know who that? No, I don't. Uh, did you see the house that blew up in Virginia a couple no, days ago? I didn't. Okay. So, uh, oh, obviously, because the media is sweeping it under the rug. So this guy, um, I, I'm going to send you uh, his LinkedIn screenshot. Okay. I, I'm just, but I'm going to read it for the sake of the sure. podcast. James Yu YouTube channel. U.S. is the world's biggest, biggest terrorist, Chomsky. Fuck the police. Ice Cube NWA purge them. This Whoa. so the what I saw was the uh, police going in to raid his house and the house blew up. They're saying that he was firing flare guns and that made it blow up. But I like this is I'll, I'll send you a video of the sure. explosion and shit. Yeah, yeah. But no, it's like this house was rigged for when they opened the door and blew up. Whoa. And this guy is the. Formal, former head of global security for the Committee on Foreign Investments in the United States. Wow. And this was in Arlington, Virginia. Oh, man. So this is a, a CIA hit job. <laughs> yes. Whoa. And, it, like, yeah. And, um, I, I don't know if they scrubbed his YouTube yet. I was like, this happened, like, I'm in Nashville, so I'm like, a, it's pre- it was pretty late when it happened. I watched it happen. I go to his YouTube, and his YouTube was, like, no words, just uh, pictures, screenshots of court cases that he had filed. And basically, he was claiming that the government kidnapped him and drugged him. They put him in a mental hospital. And I'm guessing this is all just theory and wild shit that I think. But I'm guessing he knew a lot being on the being the head of security for the Committee on Foreign Investment yeah, in the United yeah. States. So they tried to just lock him up and drug him instead of killing him. And when they couldn't control them, they killed them. It's like a Jack Ruby situation. Yeah. It, I, it, it feels like watching a spy movie almost, you know? Sounds like I, it. I don't even know that the dude's dead. Oh, yeah. Because, like, why, why, yeah. why would you rig your house to explode and stay in it? And a guy like that, how? where's their, where's their um, you know, their black box? Where's their, some yeah. people like that don't just not have any contingencies for something like this to happen. Like if you kill somebody like that, that has deep information, that's why I've always like had a problem with the Epstein murder is you would think that somebody like that would have a trigger, you know, a dead man switch where as soon as I'm out, like, boom, all this stuff is going to be uploaded to the internet on wherever. And nobody's really going to be able to do anything about it. And she is sitting in the country club. Maxwell, I think, was his trigger. Oh, you think like, so? Hey, yeah, I, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Human trigger. Because, well, the, she's not dead. 
And we don't and really know if she's in prison, right? Like, there's not any real pictures of her in prison. She doesn't have cellmates. It's not like the news coming out about the... Have you heard about Sam Bankman Freed, the FTX guy? Yeah, yeah. He, uh, like, there's articles about how he's trading tuna fish for haircuts and shit like that. There's, like, coverage of him in prison. Nothing about Maxwell. Yeah. The last thing I heard about her was when she was complaining about the food. And, like, then again, just nothing and and it's so wild that the story has essentially disappeared like you don't really hear of trafficking children nobody yeah it's the only Uh, instance of like human trafficking with no clients yeah (laughs) so um a couple weeks ago i didn't look into it but like somebody in congress or a senator uh, requested, did a freedom of information request on, for the Epstein flight logs. Yeah, yeah. I heard, I remember hearing that. And then I haven't heard anything about that. So I, I don't know if that guy was feeling su- suicidal or... Yeah, I lost a bunch of donors. Yeah. yeah. Man. <laughs> That's wild. I've been kind of like out of the loop for the past couple days because I've been balls deep into this MH370 conspiracy. Have you seen that at all? I have no information on this. Oh man. So it's that Malaysian flight 370 that disappeared like 14 years ago. So a video has resurfaced like in the last few weeks of like the plane going uh, in like a deep dive in, in a place where it should have been based on the flight logs and the witness eyewitness accounts. And essentially like in the video, this, these three orbs just, go straight to it. They start whipping around it in circles and then the thing disappears into a black hole. Whoa. Yeah, it's wild, dude. I'll have to like send you... When I first saw the video, I was like, there's no fucking way. It's just... There's no fucking way. And then after... The guy who's like digging into this is very smart. I mean, he's very smart. And you just, you can like watch his YouTube channel every night. He just goes through this list of like things that you would have to do in order to fake this video. And it's just, he reads through it for an hour and you're just like, how, you know, he was on Clint Russell yesterday or the day before, I think. And, and Clint's even on board on this one, which I was surprised. I thought Clint was going to be a little leery on it, but it's, it's wild. So yeah, I've been, I've been deep into that one for the past couple days now. Have you, uh, so I, I, when I read, it makes me tired, but there, so there's only a few books that I've like read all the way through. I've been listening to audio books, but yeah, have you read Outliers? You know, I've read a little bit of it. Um, I like the theory. I was a motocross racer and like, okay. that's real, like motocross and bartending are like the only things I was ever really good at. And those are the only things that I've ever put 10,000 hours into. So I always yeah. liked that theory, especially with motocross, because like it's so wild. Like I'm pretty new to politics and shit like that. Yeah. So like I kind of have to try to do this. Like I have to read and I have to and I, I get critical of myself for not like saying the right thing, you know. But when it comes to motocross, like I can go on forever about yeah. motocross and just not have to think about any of it. It just pops into my head. And I kind of, that's why I've always liked that because I see people like, you know, Dave Smith or Clint or that can just talk about politics in the way that I do about motocross. And I, I I find that to be a compelling narrative. 
so that there was that and there's um like the circumstances around people that are great so like bill gates lived near a library that had the first uh mainframe computer that had public access oh interesting there, i didn't know that there's a, a like a mining town in like virginia or in that area where these irish people lived like irish immigrants settled there to mine but they live like way 20 30 longer than normal without disease and stuff like that and like they the whole book goes through like all these circumstances of these great people that did great things and then there's a chapter it's like here's all of these asian flights that crashed oh. <laughs> like what are you trying to say Malcolm oh <laughs> and i think they <laughs> that's fun I remember I was driving with somebody at one point that uh, it's just a normal person, you know, it, just just a normal person. And uh, I got cut off by a Chinese person. I'm like, damn it. And, you know, I just make some hacky Chinese driving joke. And she goes, yeah. well, they can't see. <laughs> I go, what are you talking about? She goes, well, they they can't see. You know, their eyes are closed all the time. And I was just like, holy shit. Oh, wow. That's the most racist a- thing I've ever heard you say. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think that person was trying to be racist. No, no, no. It was just like, no, what do you, I mean, of course like, they can't drive as good. They can't see. Yeah, Your eyes why are would you say that? Oh my God, that's terrible. It was hilarious though. Uh, so another big, okay. So AI is in the news, always in the news. It's this uh, open AI thing. I dug into it a little bit, but it seems like you probably got a little bit more knowledge on this. What do you think is going on there? I don't. I like, I'm so confused by what happened. So I guess I'll kind of like break down a little bit of the history and yeah, how yeah. we got here. So Elon Musk held a dinner with a bunch of people and they were afraid of what Google was going to do with AI. And they're like, we need to have another neutral party that is also researching AI because Google doesn't care. They're just going to let it loose in the world and kill everybody. It was made, like the readers, I guess. So uh, they got um, Sam Altman, and Sam Altman's a really interesting dude. He's a gay dude, worked his way, like he did um, He did a couple of startups, super successful, and then he became the head of the biggest incubator in Silicon Valley. So he was like arguably the most powerful person in Silicon Valley. And okay. he left that job. He, he left that job. Like he, he was the rainmaker. Every company that he worked with did well. Like if you were trying to do the next Uber, the next Facebook, if he blessed your deal, it was blessed. And not only if he blessed it because he was like powerful, he actually went to work for the startups and he did deals behind the scenes and went to the bat for him, like just a stand-up guy, right? Um, and just like there in Silicon Valley. And he, this guy, he's he's smart. Like a lot of these guys in Silicon he Valley are not smart. smart. They're just yeah, so, good at what they do, and they're able yeah. to kind of function within well, the ecosystem. And, and they, they, they know how smart. to work the ecosystem. Like, yeah. Because it's just like DC. Like, I, I, I've never been impressed by somebody that I've met that works in politics that isn't a politician. Yeah. Like, the people who are you know, fundraising or doing this or, do, yeah. Like, I've never been impressed by one of those people, except for the people that I know personally now still. Um, yeah, sure. Kidding. Um, But he, like... So there, there's the people that can work their way through a system, and that's fine. But this guy, uh, there was a quote about him. If you dropped him off on a desert island with a bunch of uh, people, like a bunch of savages, he would be the king of savages if he came back in six months. Okay. Like, this guy just did shit. Yeah. 
And so he, they launched OpenAI as a nonprofit. And, and this is kind of important to the story. And it starts growing. And then all of a sudden they spit out this for-profit side, which is interesting. Like how, like Elon Musk put 2 billion bucks in or whatever. And he got nothing for that because he donated the nonprofit. Yeah. And now you have this for-profit arm. And this for-profit arm sold 49% of the company for $10 billion. This company is the fastest growing as far as number of users. Like this company is going to be a trillion dollar company sure. if it stays on course. Why would you sell almost half of it for only $10 billion? But they did. Okay. Was that to Microsoft? Um, to Microsoft, Okay. Yeah. So this is after chat GPT 3.0, like right when we got to know each other. Sure. Yeah. Just when it This is happening when, very fast. Yeah. Yeah. So this happened like that sale for $10 billion. And that, that wasn't like $10 billion going into somebody's pocket. That was $10 billion, mostly of data processing through Microsoft because Microsoft has their own cloud servers. They're just giving them credit to run the, so it takes an amount, enormous amount of computers to do all of this. Like it, like actual physical hardware. Yeah, yeah. It takes a lot to do. So Microsoft's like, yeah, we'll give you, I don't know how much in computing, then we'll give you some cash and you can grow your company, which I never understood why you would sell that. I had a theory of they thought that they were just like other people would be able to figure out what they did once they released it. So they needed to get this computing power so they can continue to grow is my theory. Don't know that as a fact. Yeah. Um, so they're going, and then they re release ChatGPT 4, and then they're doing these other things, and then they do their demo day, or I forget, I think they call it demo day, or developer's day, I think is what they call it, and they release a bunch of new features, and then by, that was on like Tuesday, and then Friday at 8 p.m. my time, I see an article that they fired Sam, but they, they fired uh, Sam Altman. What the fuck? Why like why are you doing this on Friday night? What's going on? Yeah. And over the weekend, over the weekend, we see, or I saw an article like, oh, they're trying to get him back. And then on Monday, they're like, Microsoft hired him and his team. And by Tuesday, 700 of 750 employees said that they were all going to work with him. So the board, so th this is where the nonprofit thing yeah. we circle back to which makes it interesting. The board was structured as a nonprofit and there were people like it started off with like 10 or 12 people at the beginning of the year. And those people started opting out because they had conflicts. So the board was down to like five people. Okay. So you only needed, uh, or maybe six and you only needed four votes to do anything, which is insane for a company that just raised $10 yeah. billion. Yeah. Like, wow. uh, my, my last company that was pretty big, our board was seven when I left and we were doing, 15 million a year in revenue, like definitely not $10 billion company. Yeah. Um, so they, they voted them out like there's, and then on Monday or Sunday night before the markets open, because like Microsoft was about to take a big dip. If you look at Microsoft's uh, after hours chart, like their, their chart is like slowly going up because they're such a big company. They can yeah. never go up like this. Their after hours chart, there's like this big down oh. and then a big up to get them back to even, then up a little more. So Sunday night, they announced that they hired him and their they're, they're stock normalized and they actually made money off of it because everybody was concerned that they put all, like they're putting a lot, all of this into open AI because that's kind of the 
future of Microsoft. Um, tangentially, I think that Microsoft could beat Google in search if they have open AI. Because like even now, when um when I like I was looking up what's the best way to plant mint seeds yesterday, mm-hmm. I didn't go to Google. I went to Chat GPT. Yeah, I use it all the time. I, like when when I like if I click the best way or if I search the best way to plant mint seeds on Google, I have to go to this this website and then I get served fucking pop-ups yep. and this and that. If I go to ChatGPT, it just tells me like, hey, soak the seeds for two hours, make sure they're an inch deep, cover it, make sure that they're getting indirect sunlight. Or that's what I remember from it. Um, so like Microsoft can really compete with Google now. And with uh, Sam Altman gone, Microsoft is in a really bad spot because they just put $10 billion in this company. So they announced that they hired him stock like so it goes straight straight down straight up up, even up a little bit wow and they made like 50 billion dollars on that up like that slight up is 50 billion bucks yeah so here's the way i was reading the situation you tell me if you think i'm hot or cold whoever controls this company is a very very powerful person maybe not so much right now but like 10 years from now, 15 years from now. Oh, very, who, very powerful. Whoever holds the keys 10 years from now. Okay. So uh, just uh, when I, I'm like cold, let me explain why I said cold. Okay. So they had, they had this board of five or six people and it, they aren't people who are like known, like the most notable person is the founder of Reddit who also has a competing product, which, um, uh, chat at the uh, developer day, they announced a product that makes this the founder of Reddit's new product just fucking obsolete. That's so just, weird to have that person that on your board. You would think there would but, be some sort of non compete clause, you know, but and, and, and none of these people own stock or equity in the company. So when you think about a free market and capitalism, when people are incentivized by financial gain, you can predict how they act. Yeah. None of these people who are on the board had any equity, any stock, or any financial gain from OpenAI doing well because it was a non-profit. So you can't predict how they act. And so, like, they did this really ridiculous thing. So what ended up happening was um, the board got fired. There's a new board, except for the guy from Reddit still on the board. Don't understand that. Yeah, Um, He must have been willing to play ball. And I think they're putting together a compensation package. and another theory that I had when they sold half of the company for $10 billion is with uh, this going out there, like maybe what they built isn't so unique and maybe the company isn't going to be so powerful, which got me to thinking and um, my, my current thesis is it's not the large language models or the computing that's really powerful. It's the data that you feed it with. Oh, yeah, just like any other system that we're working with right now, you are the product, not not right. the product that you're actually using. The, the consumer is the product. So you have to have Microsoft in order to make this thing viable in 10 years. Gotcha, because and you got to be able to scrape all that data, store it, and yes. yeah. And the, the equipment is probably worth a whole lot more than the money because all those, those data centers, all the energy required for stuff like this, people don't realize how much energy is required for a data center, you know, to keep yeah. those things cool is insane. Even in cold areas, like, yeah. you know, we got data centers here in Boise that are running air conditioner today. It's 40 degrees outside, you yeah. know, it's yeah. wild. So 
Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think that um, like they, they have to have Microsoft for the data. And also, let's take a second to think about the brilliance of Elon Musk only paying $44 billion for Twitter. It's yeah, it's amazing. And, you know, I was actually going to bring this up when you were talking about people having equity in the company that they're running. I remember when he was originally looking for the CEO, and I don't know if he ended up doing this, but at one point, Lex Friedman was like, I'll do it. And he's like, are you willing to put your life savings into Twitter stock? And he was like, yeah, I'll do that. And that's kind of like, a, a you know, if, if you're really serious about this, put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. And it's so also Sam didn't own any of OpenAI at the time, and none of the board members did, which was really funny. So also Sam was off doing deals with like and I, I I'm kind of talking out of my ass here just from memory. So like yeah yeah it's um, cool. He was he was off doing deals for a fact, and I believe that he was in Saudi Arabia doing deals with chip manu about making new chip manufacturers to process it. So you need all this computing power to do it, and you need a new type of chip to be energy efficient, especially with all this ESG yeah. communist bullshit going on. So he might have been, he was off doing deals that maybe weren't beneficial for open AI, but he didn't own any of it. And um, I, I, I'm pretty sure it was with the Saudis, but I'm not like going to die on that hill. So that was, uh, it's pretty conflicty when you get into that. And sure. like, if I, if I was on board, I would want my CEO to be focused on that thing. But since the guy didn't own any of the company, it makes sense that he's off building these, uh, like owning the entire, entire supply chain. And what do you think motivates this guy? Is he a, I want to change society. I want to help people. I want to make money. I want to have power. What kind of guy do you think he is? Power. I you think, think? power. Yeah. Yeah, because so <laughs> where he lost my interest as a human being is when he, well, now he has my interest again. Yeah. But before all of this drama, he went and tried to pull the ladder up behind him. Like they're trying to use regulation yeah. to uh, block out any competition. And uh, our dear leader wrote this exact, well, somebody, this guy couldn't write his own name, Biden, but somebody wrote this executive order for to regulate AI that Biden signed. And it just makes it almost impossible to start an AI company. Which is what they want. That's like the point of ESG also. Like if, yeah. if you know, I got a lot of buddies who work construction, you know, they're, they're just doing small jobs. They're working for other contractors. If they wanted to start a big company and build these data centers and, you know, Facebook's, um, their big campus, we've got an HP campus here. If they wanted to start a company to do that, you got to play ball with ESG. Otherwise you're not getting any big investment. It's just never going to happen. So it's kind of yeah. like a cap on small business in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like if you want to go from a small business to a large business, you got to play ball. Absolutely. And um, I, I forget where we were going before that. Sorry. I do too. It's all right. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of on, on more AI, I was, I was reading a little bit uh, here today. So Elon Musk was trying to put a new, you know, AI center, whatever the hell, you know, data center, whatever he's doing with AI. He put it, he was going for Atlanta and he wanted a $10 million tax cut and Atlanta told him to go fuck himself. So now he's going to, to Portland, which I thought was interesting. Like, you know, for a guy who, who is, you know, pro freedom and we want to help no, everybody. He, he's just a government fucking stooge, man. He lives off the tax dollar. <laughs> 
He uh, he's a self-described socialist. Yeah, essentially, it's so wild to me because like he's just like a perfect example of controlled opposition. Put him on the internet, he can say a couple of things that that go against the narrative, and now we can call this you know billionaire socialist right wing. Like that's so useful to shift like the Overton window into what right wing actually is. If you can make a billionaire socialist right wing, then like who's left of that, you know? Well, let's talk about, I want to pull up her Wikipedia. Sure. I love Wikipedia. Uh, Wikipedia is so fun to read sometimes because you just, you get into it and and it just makes me laugh. A lot of the time it just makes me laugh. So the CEO of Twitter is Linda Yaccarino. Linda, where is her Wikipedia page? Does she not have one? You would think she would have one. Like you would think that they would have made one the day that that she uh, took that job. Interesting. You know, it it was it was uh, I don't know if you caught his interview where he told Bob Iger to go fuck himself. That, that was kind was of funny. Great. I mean, that's that's funny. It was so funny that like the crowd didn't know how to react to it. They were just like quiet. Oh, that moderator. Story. Yeah. Oh, that dude, the moderator. Goes, that was so what? awesome. He was just. Uh, 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 uh. You can just see like his brain getting a four hundred one error. Like, cannot compute. What do I do? <laughs> so Linda came. So she was Trump's uh, president. A council for sports, nutrition, and fitness, which she doesn't look incredibly fit. Oh, none of them. Um, she was on Ad Council, which I don't know exactly what they do. Make, make life right? hard for fucking farmers. <laughs> um, but she was she came straight from the WEF. I remember that, and I remember them saying, "But she's a she's a Republican," and it's like, "Yeah, well, what the hell does that mean?" You know, it. it it's been so funny to watch like all of these conservatives immediately revert to identity politics when Israel is involved. Here's here's fun fact. As the chair chairman of the Ad Council, she partnered with the Biden administration to create a coronavirus vaccination campaign that featured the Pope. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. You know, I love that. Wikipedia is proudly stating this about Yeah, it's so great. I love that Javier Malay calls him a dirty socialist, the Pope. (laughs) What do you think about him? I I haven't taken the time to really get to know. So first off, like, how are you going to be president and an AMCAF? I don't know that those two things add up. But... What he, I, I love how my left leaning friends react. Like, the guy has a chainsaw, and he's a fucking maniac. Like, that's yes. what they need. Their inflation was like 150% last year. Yeah. They need a madman to come in. I like how the people actually love and respect him, but they also, it feels like really dictator y the way that people react to him. Uh, so, my thought there is like, with the dictator, People react to the person that way because they don't want to die. Sure. But they feel like super compelled. But like these people may actually feel that way. I, I I feel like if shit gets much worse here and they continue down the AMCAP path, I might move down there. 
Yeah, that'd be great. I, I, I worry that the that the CIA is just going to kill him if he goes too hard, too fast and does too much. Like, it, I, I think like I've heard people, oh, he, you know, he's going to the dollar. He's just going to be a cuck to the to the USD, which it's like, hey, man, do you want to get killed by the CIA or do you want to like incrementally improve yeah. things? Because if you yeah. just come out and say we're going on a Bitcoin standard you know, or we're going to gold. Like this is in El Salvador. El Salvador is a small country that doesn't really matter in the grand yeah. scheme of things. Like, you know, do they still have oil? Oh, who? Argentina. Venezuela. Oh, or, sorry, Argentina. Argentina. Yeah, yeah. They got a lot of oil. They have a okay. ton of resources. There they're, the, they're the second biggest like country in, in South America. I think they might even be bigger yeah. than Brazil. I'm not sure. But like, okay. you can't make too many waves when you're that big. Like, uh, if yeah. you want to live. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Like, I don't understand how things are going so bad here. Like on a world stage, if it's actually controlled, that's one thing that I've been really thinking a lot about lately. Like, how is the vice president over in um, Abu Dhabi or Dubai saying that we need to fund more for the Palestinians and forgetting about what Israel, like, I, I yeah. don't understand that. I'm not on one side or the other. Cause like, I haven't taken the time to really understand that area. All I know is like a bunch of bad shit happens. Yeah. There. Good luck understanding it really, yeah. you know, like it's, it's so, such a freaking mess. But as far as like the line for America in my lifetime is we've always supported Israel always without condition and now we have a vice president that's over in dubai or abu dhabi saying that we need to get more funding for the palestinians and i'm like how in also leading up to that attack we released four or six billion dollars and that that money was owed from iraq to iran for power like that's the six billion or four billion yeah. you hear about that funded and like maybe that money did directly fund this attack, but like they took money out of one pocket and put it in the other because that money got freed up. Since that attack, I heard that we released another ten billion dollars of money that was owed from Iraq to Iran. Jesus. And how like so like that or not? I'm not saying that that order is great or whatever. I'm saying that that status quo that's been there my whole life that it, like that's all just gone. So like who like who's doing that? Why is my question? Like why are we letting our big cities crumble? Like what what what's the end of that? Because like you're not going to come to the middle of America and do that. But like that shit ain't happening, bro. No, I, it's not happening. In, now that I've been in Tennessee for a couple of months, yeah, there's no shot. I I would be I would be careful what you what you say. So I live in Boise. And you would think that same thing of, uh, well, I don't live in Boise. I live in Nampa, which is like 30 miles. And you would think that same thing of here, like Idaho. You're not going to fuck around in Idaho. Like there, it's literally the most conservative state in the country based on the numbers. But Boise yeah. is, is a, a mini San Francisco. You know, they, they, we got rid of our, our left leaning Democrat mayor for a further left Democrat mayor, you know, and all of this bullshit like homeless people sitting on the streets in all of these cities, that all started in Boise. There was a, a Supreme Court case here mm -hmm. that uh, declared moving somebody's camp gear a violation of human rights. So now all over the country, if you, if you move that shit, you're you're no, you're a Nazi essentially. <laughs> and that well, started like, here, in, which in you like, wouldn't think. In, in the like, in I live in the neighborhood in Nashville, which I I. I I have this weird, I like being in the, like the, 
I guess more liberal areas and yeah. conservative because my wife's an artist we enjoy yeah. music and like like that stuff kind of flourishes in the more liberal areas yeah I agree with but, you on that um drive a half hour out of town it, it's a different story so like yes it, it might happen in the cities sure but like that that's not like you're just not going to be able. I think it was Stalin that said he would never try to invade America because there's a gun behind every yeah. grass. Yeah, and that's what's going on up here. But like, you know, Greater Idaho, which I'm a, I'm a huge proponent of Greater Idaho. Like I think that needs to happen immediately, and it would be great for every state in this country to see that things can be done differently. Like, yeah. I think like eleven of thirteen counties in Southern Oregon have already signed on to to greater Idaho. The only thing stopping oh, wow. greater Idaho from happening is Boise. They don't want it. They don't, you know, they don't want it. They're trying to go more liberal. They're not trying to get, you know, be a oh, redder state essentially. Also, uh, just to rewind for a second on the Elon Musk data center. Yeah. Yeah. Oregon, the climate is so much better there. Oh yeah. I mean for, center. yeah, for a data center, you're right. Like yeah, it's going to be nice and cool. You're going to, I guess that $10 million goes a long way towards air conditioning. But yeah, I mean, if you're going to get 10 million, 10 and billion, import, 10 billion. Yeah, 10 billion. And also, um, I, I went to Atlanta a couple months ago. And I've, I, so I grew up in Detroit. We moved out of Detroit um, shortly after we had our first black mayor. And I've never felt, ra- I haven't felt racial tension like that since I was a child in Detroit when I went to Atlanta. Atlanta crumbled after COVID. It's so much hate in the air, so much, it was like really, because like Nashville is an incredibly integrated city. Like there's like a lot of black folks, a lot of white folks, everybody's just like living their life. Atlanta, like we even went to uh, Five Guys and I, I didn't hear this, but my buddy, um, we ordered, and the cashier yelled, "They want that white people cheese, which means spit on their food." And, and like the whole, like there was just like this real tension, this real feel of hate in that city. And um, it, it, I guess that's just tangential because you mentioned it because Elon yeah. was talking about moving. No, there. dude, I, I, it's unfortunate. You know, it's really unfortunate to see the country kind of come to that. I felt it myself. I uh, I got married in 2015. My ex-wife is Iranian, half Iranian, so she's Persian. And uh, I never once, when we were dating or engaged, ever even considered, like, it it might be a problem to do an interracial marriage. Like, the thought never entered my mind. Now it yeah. would, because it's all in the freaking zeitgeist, essentially. But, like, yeah. back then, in San Francisco... Nobody thought about nobody like everybody knew that I came from Northern California and I like guns. And if you you would ask them, they'd say, oh, yeah, he's probably, you know, different than we are. But it didn't matter. Like we all got along. Like I liked hanging out in the liberal areas, too. I lived in the the upper Castro. I ended up living in like the more urban area. And but like even back then, like I was never scared to live by the cow palace in San Francisco, which is, you know. Very urban, very dangerous, but I never felt that. Like, I would always stop on my dirt bike down at the liquor store. I'd never worried about leaving it outside. The guys who, like, hung out down on the corner at the bus stop, they called me White House because I was the only White House in the neighborhood. And it was just, like, I had a great time. But now, like, I don't use Facebook anymore because I have to advertise on it. And if I get kicked off of it or say the wrong thing, I don't want them, like, screwing with my advertising. But, like, during COVID... 
I was getting called every name in the book by the most liberal people I knew in San Francisco. And it just, you know, what do you know? You live out in the middle of a cow pasture. And it's like, dude, a million people live in this valley. Like I sit in traffic just like you do, you know? Yeah. And it was, it was really great. Like I, I just never expected those people to treat me in, in that way. It was wild. God, I wish I could remember what podcast I was listening to where they were talking about immutable differences. So like, I can't change the color of my skin. Yeah. Um, but I mean, <laughs> fair. I'm not, I might be able to throw a filter on it. Uh, but like that before we used to, um, be able to get around these differences like uh you're republican i'm a democrat neither of those things are true um but we we can meet and talk about that but like and we can change opinions i think the guy started off saying like i had this opinion about this one thing and then i i was uh faced with evidence that i was wrong with my opinion so i changed it but now the thing that we aren't arguing about is this thing where i can change my opinion because i was wrong the thing that we're arguing about is because i'm white and, or I'm this or I'm that. And by making the differences that we argue about immutable, it just drives this terror or this division. And there's nothing we can do about it. That's what we're talking about. Which is and, a, um, yeah, it was, which it, is it, a it perfect a good point. It's a divide and conquer, you know, strategy for the elites. Like how do we get these people at each other's throats and instead of being at us, let's make them mad at each other for things that they have no control over. It, it was Tucker Carlson on the All In podcast. Ah, also, he's had I some. Never, he's had some great interviews in the past few weeks. I never took the time to listen to the dude while he was on Fox because it was Fox. Yeah. you know, it's just like corporate media. But now I, I saw him on the All In podcast, which uh, I, it's worth a listen, especially if you're interested in business and shit. But like, yeah. he he went off off of the business topic and just like really. My, my the way I think about things really lined up with the way that he uh, expressed himself and stated things. So I, I would recommend anybody listen to that. Yeah, I I enjoy his show. I think he does great interviews, and I think he's been on the, the other end of some great interviews lately. I watched him on Fox at least once a week because I like to see what other people are seeing a lot of the times. Yeah. Like I don't watch Joe Rogan much anymore. Um, he kind of right. talks about the same thing over and over again. Like I, I've kind of heard him talk about mushrooms. Have you tried DMT? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I've heard it so many times, but I watch Dave Smith every time he goes on because I want to hear like what he's telling 10 million people because it's yeah. important a lot of times. And I felt the same way with Tucker. It's like, I want to hear what the right half of America is hearing. And I always felt well, I that mean, that was a, a a worthful watch because even like Parker there were a, times where I completely disagreed with him. I remember during COVID one time he brought a liberal on to be like, he loved bringing liberals on to be like, I thought it was my body, my choice. And they would yeah. say, you know, when it comes to the vaccine. And then he literally did that with, you know, he had a liberal come on and say, you know, the whole deal. And then his next segment was bringing somebody on to say how bad marijuana was and why it should still be legal. And it's just like, what are we doing here, dude? It's bodily autonomy five seconds ago, and now we're right back to it's no longer my body, my choice. So that like he, he bothers me with stuff like that, but I like him. Yeah. He had some like pretty and like really. So I think the biggest thing that I think about 
and if you're on my side with this, like I, I can look over some of that bullshit. It's just war. I'm just like so against war. And like the, the way that he talked about it, the way that he thought about it, it, it like it really spoke to me. And I haven't heard somebody that, that that's that popular with an articulate opinion. Um, because like Rogan's like, I don't know anything, I'm just a dumb comedian. It's exactly. like it, you really don't hear a stance from him. But like Tucker took like really hard stances, and, and I'm like, wow, I, maybe I should have gave this guy a shot before. Because like if, if we're gonna talk about ending wars. I don't care what your stated belief system and affiliation system is. Like, if we can stop taking lives, I want to listen to what you have to say. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. When If you've got a Venn diagram of, like, libertarian, conservative, Democrat, like, Tucker's going to be right closest to where we're at, and I really appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. What else has been on your radar? Uh, that's been about it. I um, this fucking dog is kept. Uh, so we have to. Uh, I have my. We've been before we got the dog. We've been going to bed like nine thirty ten. Getting up, going to the gym, doing like healthy shit, procuring really good food. Um, and now my wife goes to bed at nine, and I have to stay up till one thirty two, and then my wife has to get up at four with the dog. So like our our whole world's been just centered around this thing. But the the folks that did train our first dog really well. Uh, we're dropping him off. Uh, the closest trainer that they have is in Kentucky. So we have to drive up there and drop him off. But we're, um, we get two weeks without him and hopefully he'll come back and we'll have a little more normalcy. Yeah. Right. Um, it's, yeah. it's it like, I love my dog so much and like, I wouldn't trade him for anything, but God damn, does he make my life hard <laughs> sometimes I, I, and it's I worth was it. I really disappointed by, in myself. Like how could something that's three pounds and two ounces control me emotionally? Like I thought I've grown, like I've been working and growing and getting rid, trying to get rid of ego and like all those things. And then like this little fucking dog, it's just making me so angry. I'm like, God damn, I still have a lot of work to do. Yeah, I do. I mean, like I let the dog sleep in my bed because I'm a fucking, a, a white pusher. Like that's a white person thing, obviously. Yeah. But like, uh, you know, I thought like I'm divorced. I haven't really been dating in the past few years. Like I have, I have fake teeth, so I can't eat out. And like, that's kind of a, kind of a big deal if I can't really go out to a dinner, but like yeah. the dog attacks me when I get back into bed after taking a piss, how am I supposed to bring a chick over with that? <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? It's like, and I don't want to like, I, I'd have to lock him out of the room and that would just make me feel horrible. I wouldn't even be able to sleep. <laughs> oh, uh, one, one thing that's been on my radar and I'm, I, uh, so I have the Wikipedia page up behind the zoom. Yeah. And the, the sentence that I read is under bus in Yashiro's, Yar Serino's leadership, hate speech has increased on the platform. And it made me think about community notes. Have you, are you, oh yeah, have you done it? Oh yeah. So I, I became a community notes person oh. and like going, like, so what you have, you have to sign volunteer. It's not a paid position. And then you have to rate a certain number of community notes. And if your ratings are like consistent with other people, you get to like make your own. But since I'm on community notes, it's like, the left has really tried to weaponize that and it's not working. Yeah. Like every tweet that Elon makes, there's like a hateful pointed community note after everything. It's like Elon Musk is like, I believe that we should all love each other. And the first community note that to rate is Elon Musk had the chance to make uh, love and peace an option, but instead he weaponized Twitter as a far right thing. And it like, it's wow. even for entertain. Well, number one, I would encourage everybody that listens to go 
become a community right. notes person if you have some free right. time instead of doom scrolling looking at booties on instagram or whatever yeah like go kind of participate in this ecosystem because it's like what wikipedia should have been what reddit should have been um and there's a chance for maybe i don't i don't, think, I don't even consider myself conservative just like dissenting voices not or less factual not left voices to state facts and support each other just like getting the truth to surface so now, like the president's tweets are getting I saw that. noted, which are fucking amazing. It, it's hilarious a lot of the times too. And Elon Musk even put out something that was uh, um, like not factual. He got community noted, and it was voted properly. And then, like, he had to correct his statement. And I, I think that, like, that as much of a socialist as he is. And I think he's like from this idealist socialism, not the uh, we should kill everybody socialism. Yeah, yeah, but, like Glenn Greenwald. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um that like there, there's a chance there for people that think like us to maybe help uh help spread more truth by uh uh doing that yeah it seems by like it's been working pretty good so far i yeah. like i i've been i've been nuts deep in this fucking mh370 uh deal which you're gonna fucking love that when you dig into it but they uh they had this this uh group of fucking three idiots that are like that are VHX guys. They're called Corridor Crew. You might have heard of them. They they make a lot of videos on the internet, and they went through it and they're like, oh, it's fake. Da, 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 da. And you know they went through a couple reasons why they thought saw it was fake. And but like the guy who's been doing the whole you know deal on this thing had already like de- those had been the first debunkers you know, points like it was this, it was this, it was this. And he goes through and goes, no, it's not. No, it's not. This is why blah, 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 blah. And so the guys who do the corridor crew thing, they don't look at any of the research at all. All they do is watch the video and they make the same mistakes that the other guys are making. But now every time you click on this MH370 thing, it goes, it's been debunked and it goes down to this, you know, video for them. And there's also a lot of like incentive to do something like that, because now anytime you click on that, anything from that video it takes you right to their youtube channel and they get paid yeah yeah oh uh one one thing to i i i have to get going yeah sure i was uh, just looking over at the time right now um well i i don't know if the board i'm not on board at unlv uh i i help students there like learn about venture capital and we have a meeting but there's a mass shooting going on right now there oh you're kidding me no right now I, i don't know if it's well before we got on the before we got out oh, here. Oh, I see. And my buddy's sister teaches there. So like, I kind of got to get back. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, let's call it. I need to be on that. So no worries, uh, man. It's always, a, it's always great being out here, man. I, yeah. I like to do this frequently too. Yeah, dude. I, and, and to be honest, like I, I looked down, at, I feel bad asking people too much. I'm like, I don't want to oh, like yeah. take up their time or anything. So I was actually happy when you reached out to me. I was like, okay, cool. Like I'm not bothering. Yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe I won't wait for another AI thing to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Up. Anytime. Like I'm, I'm free. I'm a home all day. Like I'm down to do this anytime. Oh, we'll, we'll do three guys for arms soon. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. Yeah. All right, man. Take care, dude. We'll talk to you next time. We're skipping the music. <laughs>